0: You're listening to Talking Threat Intelligence, a podcast dedicated to uncovering the new challenges of today's threat landscape. Each episode, we connect with some of the world's leading practitioners to share stories from the front lines of corporate security. And now, on to the show.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Talking Threat Intelligence, sponsored by Lightbraft. I'm your host, Robert Value. And joining me on the show today is Mark Fulmer, President at Robotic Assistant Devices. Mark, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Robert. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. I'm really excited about the the topic that we're chatting about today, which you suggested in our pre-interview last week about what? not just cool innovative stuff, but the challenges security leaders face of actually implementing this, these, these new technologies. So we hear so much about like AI and robotics and chat but... You know that, and that's really cool, and we need to have those conversations. But actually, when you're the leader bringing in these new techs, there's a lot of problems. So, so this is a topic I don't think has been discussed enough around on the on the podcast scene. So, why don't we just kick it off? What are the big challenges that you see security leaders face when they're trying to implement new tech?
0: Yeah, great question, Robin. And you're right, it is an exciting time. It's an exciting topic. And as my kids like to say, Dad, you get to go play with robots and stuff all day. So tons of tons of fun. So I mean, challenges are everywhere, especially when you think about, you know, the corporate security's role of worrying about things, right? So worrying about change, worrying about the company's assets, worrying about resilience and making sure that things are things are are working properly. So Biggest challenges is, you know, head in the sand, avoiding them, you know, just not talking about them. Another one that, I you know, that to me is a quick follow up is what's what's evolution versus innovation? So evolution to me is, you know, you got the latest camera while you've gone from, I don't know, five megapixels or 10 megapixels to 12. Okay, great. Resolution's better and stuff like that. But is that really innovative, you're still doing the same thing with the camera. So that to me is an important thing for corporate security teams is to evaluate the differences there. And, and I'll wrap it up with, with, with this on that, on that question. Change is tough. Change is definitely, definitely tough. So understanding your organization and understanding what you're trying to do, I think is key and critical when you're, when you're looking at what's coming out well there is, uh, i was
1: I was feverishly taking down a bunch of notes there as you were there's there's a bunch of different places I think we can take this conversation next. Oh, yeah. One of the keywords there that i that I kind of clued in there was the head in the stand mentality you know maybe some organizations you know kind of face or some security leaders have to deal with with dealing with internal stakeholders what would you say are like in in that context then of Getting some of those internal stakeholders on side. What are some of the challenges that that security leaders might have to face in in that context specifically?
0: Change is tough, right? So I mean, I'll, I'll kind of start where I where I ended last time. So change is definitely tough. The head in the sand part, I, I think, is an industry challenge. It's not a, it's not a just a specific corporate security type or vertical department type challenge. It's a hey, you know what? Nothing's broken. So I'm not going to fix it because it's working. I'm delivering solutions for my for my organization. I'm protecting the assets. Yes, I'm using the traditional methods. But the challenge has to come sometimes from within to say, am I doing this the best way possible, right? So am I doing it in the most efficient way? Like it or not, I mean, we we were chatting a little bit about sort of headlines and stuff like that, and you know, tougher economic times and and so on before we started before we started the podcast that's something where corporate security can really contribute to the organization's overall mission to kind of say hey you know what we're spending I'll throw a number out there a million dollars a year on security maybe we can spend 900 or 850 or 800 right and of course that that million can be much 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 bigger depending on the organization so it's tough and and from a corporate security practitioner's perspective i can understand you know having having kind of been in those shoes before of, hey, I'm so busy in a lot of cases, doing more with less of my day to day, that do I really have time to go out and 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 educate myself on these new things that are coming down on these new opportunities. So it's a bit of a catch 22. Gotcha.
1: Do, do you have any, because one of the things I think could, could kind of come up, there could be some, you know, like in any organization, there's you know that like you mentioned that resistance to change and you know maybe not being aware of what those new solutions are do you have any kind of communication strategies that you maybe have in your back pocket from your, from your days in the world of corporate security or that that you've seen clients implement of of kind of bringing those internal stakeholders on side
0: yeah 100% value 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 right why from their perspective so the other internal stakeholders you're really your internal clients why is it beneficial for them Right. I mean, to me, that discussion has to start as quickly as possible. So as you're informing yourself on the latest technology, you're like, hey, wait a minute. You know, this stuff is going to protect my assets, whatever, whatever that is, whether it's that software, whether that's hardware, whether that's an approach to doing business, whether that's integrating with different types of service providers. But now it's like, let's flip the coin. What is finance what would finance think what do what would operations think you know what would marketing think right what would HR think and then also at the same time when you're kind of getting their input you're you you have that opportunity to say hey I can support you in certain ways so if you like I mean a good example is, Does security help with uh, employee retention in a factory or a healthcare facility and so on? Of course it does. People feel more comfortable in a secure environment. So that's where you go and you get HR's buy-in to kind of say, hey, you know what? We're we're working in a safer place. You know, c- come and support this initiative because there's going to be value for you. Less turnover, more retention, better quality of service. You know that kind of thing. So I think it's identify the stakeholders and then find the value points. That that is a really good insight
1: there, Mark. I had a uh, Alan Sequel on the podcast like like way way back, and he was kind of teaching me this concept. And the story <laughs> that he used was he wanted to install some cameras, and the CFO was just like, "No, sorry." So he had to go out and build those coalitions. It's almost like you're, you're a politician or whatever, trying to get a bill through Congress or whatever. And, you know, he went to the marketing team and was like, hey, you can use these cameras too, to study customers and how they're working. And then he went to the CFO and was like, well, you know, we can show you a five to one return on investment in terms of, you know, we're going to invest X, here's how we're going to cut the costs, whatever, like that's And so I kind of like that, what you're talking about. Going through every different stakeholder and trying to figure out if, if I'm getting what your answer is right. What what would they want? What would get them excited 100%. about supporting this? 100%. And
0: and you you touched on a, on a, on a point there that I think is really important. And I remember reading it was a, it was a Microsoft Accenture study a couple of years ago talking about ROI on security projects. And you know of course our 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 instinct our reaction is well it's got to cost less and do the same thing. But part of that part, and I forget the exact sort of data point of the result, but it essentially said sometimes ROI is also about doing it better. So it can be sort of cost equivalent, but because of how you're doing it, the service to the organization is better Then that can make a difference, too. So it's really, you know, and, and it can be tough, you know, putting yourself in that other person's shoes to truly understand what what resilience is for them and what what's really important for them so yeah what yeah. the value is again well and like like you said with the example
1: with hr like i'm just thinking off the top of my head i remember when i started at life Ref, it was the security team for a restaurant chain and you know if you can stop robberies for instance and you know you you have a robbery at your store the turnover at all the stores you know what i i don't remember the exact numbers it was so yeah. long ago but you can imagine it's going to go up 50 percent or double or whatever because you got people coming home to their families and saying, Oh, we don't want you working there. That's not a safe place to be. So it's- the, the ROI is is really, really quick. I just I I just want to kind of follow up with what you just said there was what what do you what would be an example of doing better where you don't necessarily see the financial ROI, but but just kind of that example.
0: Accuracy right? To, to me accuracy is a great is a, is a great example we're, we're human beings we're prone to error right i mean you've got your checklist <laughs> i've got my checklist as we as we're doing things if you want something to be done the same way over and over and over again we'll have a device do it or have a machine do it right whether that's checking people in whether that's enforcing you know sort of basic security rules like trespassing or whatever have a machine do that Having a person do that, well, then you get into, you know, maybe some bias, and then maybe you get into, you know, some kind of conflict avoidance, or maybe some conflict, right? So that's where you can kind of take some of those items. If you think about, you know, sort of my background on the security service side. you don't want to put a person in harm's way. But if you put a machine in harm's way, at the end of the day, the machine might be broken. But I would take that, you know, ten times out of ten over over somebody getting hurt or somebody saying, "Hey, I don't want to work there because I just it's just dangerous,
1: Mark, during our conversation a couple of weeks ago for planning this discussion, you mentioned yep. public resistance to a lot of new security initiatives, which which I thought was really interesting. and And the example I kind of want to talk about, is you know, there's a Loblaws store down the street from me. They've been struggling with shoplifting, and they brought in a bunch of new measures to kind of improve, you know, loss prevention and, and stuff like that. Right. You, there, you know, more security guards around. There's there's fencing. There's cameras everywhere you look. So, but what was really interesting was the public reaction. There was a lot of negative comments on social media about it. There was a lot of negative press, and and I'm sure there's like. For for American listeners that don't know LaBala, it's just the big superstore sure. chain here that, you know, like Kroger or whatever in the States, right? And it's the exact same problem that people are just dealing with stateside. And and so what I found kind of interesting about what, that point that you mentioned was that, that public resistance, and I can think any new technologies coming in, you know, there's the internal stakeholders you got to bring on side, but also the external ones too. Do Do you have any advice
0: for how companies can
1: kind of, or security leaders can maybe address some of those complaints that might come in from from public stakeholders?
0: Yeah, I think, I think an easy recommendation, obviously, is communicate, right? Communicate over communicate. And because perception becomes reality, right? Someone who's been going there for 10 years, you know, to that grocery store chain, they're like, hey, wait a minute, now there's a security officer at the exit, you know, hey, there's someone in the I don't know, the high value, of the meat section, keeping an eye on, on on me shop. Am I should I shop here? Should I get in the car and go across town, you know, somewhere else where they where they don't have that? So that perception becomes reality. So I think communicating really is is absolutely critical. I think understanding the challenge too, right? And 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 tying in. The value of what that person's doing. We all know, you know, on the security service side and and just security in general, whether it's corporate security or, you know, as a provider, as a, as a, um, as a vendor or whatever, it's not just about security, right? You know, that whole department of no, right? I mean, oh, security's here, you know, we're not allowed to do that, right? Security is as much customer service and welcoming as it is, or it can be sort of repressive in terms of in terms of a behavior. So that security person that's that's in a location greets everybody, welcomes them to the location, maybe helps, you know, helps a little bit at the same time, you know, they're minded to keep an eye on, you know, what's going on. And, and if, it, if that's a device, you know, you think about, you know, obviously, you know, our day to day is robotic devices. Well, from nine to five, when a business is open, or from nine to nine, if it's a retail type space, and, and you know, kind of grocery type chain, you're welcoming people in. You're encouraging them to be patrons of your of your location, and you're really driving peace of mind. So I think that comes through with the hey, what's security's mission? And it ties to value again, right? I mean, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but it kind of it ties back to the value of what those uh, what those security resources are actually deploying. Right. So, so not
1: necessarily. If if I'm getting your answer right. The answer is not when when you're bringing the external stakeholders on and the internal stakeholders. It's almost it's the same kind of principles in play, but you have to be thinking about those ahead of time. Like I I just imagine if you're just bringing in something some cool new piece of tech and you haven't considered bringing in that coalition, you're you're going to get that resistance.
0: It's definitely it's definitely to be tougher, and I think it's it's understanding where the demand comes from. Security rarely will just kind of come in and say, "Hey, we're putting in this mitigating measure." for 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 this reason it's coming from us and and we're doing it without understanding the stakeholders and, and that's internal clients employees you know the service providers you know perception the public's perception because if you i think if you don't do that then you've you've missed you know huge opportunity and you're kind of driving yourself to 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 stubbing the toe as it were mark what one other challenge that i can imagine
1: you know I, I, that you can run into if you're a security leader bringing in a new piece of technology is, you know, just the challenge of you know, the integration, the training, the the downtime required to kind of bring in and in a kind of new processes and things like that. Is 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 that a big piece of resistance that kind of comes in when when you're talking about bringing in in new technologies to to your kind client, of clients and and your typical situations?
0: Yeah, change always is. And that's why, you know, successful innovators or successful software companies, technology companies really consider that user interface, right? We have, we have a couple of user interfaces that, that depending on, you know, kind of role and so on. And, you know, our, our founder famously says, well, it's got to be Facebook simple, right? Mm-hmm. It's got to be a couple of clicks. You get where you are, right? And, and, and that's really a test that, that, that people are doing in terms of, hey, what information do you need? Right. So we've identified the what and now it's how do we access that information, all the the important stuff and realizing the important stuff is going to be different, you know, from 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 person to person. So I think when someone's evaluating a system or deciding what they want to do is really considering how quickly and how easily can I get to that information? And then from a kind of corporate security perspective is. What information do I really need? Like, is that kind of nice to have stuff or is that, hey, I've been collecting it for 20 years, so I'm going to keep collecting it. What do I actually do with it? And I think that that applies to any kind of sort of data collection, right? What do I actually do with that information, I think, is something that's, uh, that's super, super important. Well, I think
1: like when I, when I think a lot of the cool technologies that have, you know, like ChatGPT, the most obvious example of something that's gone big now. One of the reasons why I think that worked so well and went went so viral so quickly was it's so simple. It's you know a chat app and you can talk to it like a person, so anyone can use it with basically no training. And so and and I love that line that you had, Facebook simple. So if you're if you're the security leader and you say, hey, this is a cool new piece of tech, but like, can the can everyone work with it? And if the answer is no, if it's if it's hours and hours of training you're, you're going to get some pushback in
0: that, in that process. People are not going to want to, you know, and, and, and again, multi-stakeholder, right? If you're in a logistics facility and that part of the stakeholder base is, you know, drivers coming into a facility, you want to make it easy for them to come in, right? You don't want them backed up on, on the, the access road to get into your facility because they're now having to do a whole long process to, to get in, right? You want to make that just super, super, super easy and gathering the information that you, that you need. Yeah. Tell me a
1: little bit more, Mark, about what you said at, at the beginning. I've had this on my notes for a while. I want I want to address this before we, we go into the lightning round. What you mean about innovate, evolution versus innovation?
0: For sure. Yeah. To, to me, evolution or the security industry is full of evolution. Right. It's absolutely, you know, the the we've gone from you look at look at old pictures or or walk around downtown, whatever your downtown city area is and look at old buildings with old cameras on the side of them, you know, half of them, probably 90 percent of them don't, you know, don't work. But at the end of the day, a camera is still a camera, right? It's still used for forensic in a lot of cases. We don't really we aren't really as much dissuaded from doing a bad act if there's a camera because we're so used to we're so used to seeing them. But now what happens when uh, something speaks to you as you're walking by, you're a person in an area that you shouldn't be at 10 o'clock at night, and then now something speaks to you. Your initial reaction is going to be, oh, that's that's just that's just motion detection. It's picked picked up that I'm a, that I'm a human in there. But now, what if it's something that's very specific? It's very specific. Excuse me. cute person in the blue collared shirt. You know this area is now closed. You know we're open tomorrow at eight a.m. Please come. So Wait a minute. I, that's they're talking about Robert. You know he's got a blue collared <laughs> shirt on today, so that's me. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to. So that to me is the evolution away from what how that was done before would have been a human security officer walking up to someone and saying excuse me sir you're not allowed to be here and then you turn around and walk away so that to me is more of an evolution where you have a device actually actually doing something you know software to me is a great example gathering gathering information sure you can scour the headlines yourself you can be uh, subscribed to all the all the day to day headlines and stuff like that but Truth of the matter is there are software programs, providers, and so on that can gather that information that's important to you because you're setting what your parameters are. So that to me is again innovation within that space of really just kind of driving that. And of course, you know, you can take every sort of subsection and drive it, and drive it a little bit, a little bit further. Now, the one thing about innovation is it's definitely tougher to adopt, right? Because you've got You've got more change management to do and and an organization's not going to tell a corporate security department, oh, don't use that because they don't necessarily know. Right. But so that's where you really have got to understand, again, you know, what does the organization want? What's the comfort level? And then be able to drive that as you improve your, your security program. All right, Mark, coming up on the
1: lightning round segment, Uh-oh. which is a, a new thing that we're trying out for, for this season of talking <laughs> threat intelligence. So just gonna be a series of general rapid fire questions. And so so you're ready to go, why don't, why don't we jump in? I'm ready. All right, question number one, what emerging technology in security are you most excited about right now?
0: Can I Can I hit this with a caveat before? I know I got a time limit, but I'll be quick. Okay. Yeah. First thing to avoid, the first thing to avoid when you're looking at emerging technologies is this the idea of mega trend chasing. Don't chase the latest and greatest. You don't go to GSX or, or ISC West and say, hey, where what's the busiest booth? So that's that that's my first answer. Now maybe fully Against that, I guess, or, or the opposite to that is, to me, AI is the easy answer, right? It's vague, it's easy, but it's something that's getting integrated into so many uh, security programs, right? Um, because to me, it really does enable an organization to take advantage of the natural next steps of industrial revolution, right? So, really, that human plus machine and security and security services to me is such a such a, a an industry or a sector that's that's ready for that change.
1: What's the most common security mistake you see a lot of organizations making today?
0: I said it on the outset: not understanding the business, realizing how a business creates value, and how it can contribute to that value. So the the, the old adage of what, what's the money making model of a business and being able to understand that, and then you know, kind of accepting your fate as a necessary evil. Hey, I'm the security, I'm here because we have to be here. Those are just like you can't. You got to you got to drive to value.
1: What is a commonly held belief in the security industry that you
0: passionately disagree with? Passionately disagree with the idea of all or none change, right? And what I mean by that is I'm going to adopt a new technology, which means I need to completely forgo my old technology, right? To me, that's not necessarily the right thing. Human beings as security officers are an amazing resource when they're delivering value-added services first aid, protection, hands-on customer service, right? You still might need part of that in your program. You might not, but you still might need. So the idea that you have to do all or none or the myth of one, you know, it's gotta be one technology sort of throughout there is is to me one that I completely disagree with. And I'll argue with someone a long time in a professional way of course. (laughs) If you could give
1: one piece of (laughs) advice, to a company looking to enhance their, their physical security,
0: what, what would you give? Embrace change, right? Embrace new. So someone who's, who's, look at i mean not necessarily every year look at but you're, you're allotted a budget number you've driven if you pushed for for a budget number but embrace change embrace new link back to the kind of the most common mistakes you know that i mentioned before of of saying like it's got to be all or none or whatever hey how can we do something a little bit differently and how can we drive value back to the organization that's really what can make someone someone successful within their within their role
1: really interesting answer there mark and looking ahead to 2024 what is your top prediction for the field of corporate security how is it going to change in this year
0: you know what i think necessity is going to continue to drive innovation as it as it always have as it always has excuse me so think of any political economic social techno you know whatever challenge that you have whether that's staffing, accuracy, any kind of uh, governance or whatever. And then you're going to see technology, software, hardware, and so on to kind of fill that void. And back to one of the original questions on on ROI, to do it better in a lot of cases, right? So I think that that's going to be something that we're going to see even more of. The stuff that we've been talking since... You know, what are the different phases pre-COVID, COVID, and then post-COVID? We've been talking about it for years, and I think that that's going to continue. The other piece that I'm excited to see from a industry perspective and a learning perspective, I think conferences are going to continue to evolve, right? Giving more and more room to innovation, more and more room to technology, more and more room to non-traditional players in the uh, in the security space right because it's about it's about perspectives so those are to me the big things that are going to happen in 2024
1: All right Mark we're coming up on all the time that I promised to take from you today but I really enjoyed the conversation can uh, tell a little bit of the listeners what you're working on and how can they get in touch if they want to reach out
0: Absolutely best way to get in touch is through LinkedIn I mean the easiest way Mark Fulmer there's not a ton of them out there which is nice based in Canada so it'll narrow down your uh, narrow down your search I work with robotic assistance devices as you as you mentioned. So mark.fulmer at radsecurity.com. We're working on essentially changing mindset around security services, right? Thinking thinking about how people are deploying resources, whether it's human or technology, and then how that could be done differently. And 2023, right? We've had a, we've had a, a bit of a breakout year, 2023, lots of adoption. And so that's going to definitely be driving into, into 2024. So lots of fun to, to follow us along. All right, Mark,
1: thanks again for being on the show. Thanks, Robert. Thanks for having me. Again, that was Mark Fulmer, President at Robotic Assistance Devices. Thanks for listening to another episode of Talking Threat Intelligence, sponsored by LifeRap. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to these episodes. And if you'd like more insights on building a successful threat intelligence program, be sure to check out our website at liferafinc.com blog. That's liferafinc.com blog. And I hope you tune in next time.